1: and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. It's the No Name
2: Never Podcast.
1: Welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, our headline star of the preview show, and that is Dave Statman Roberts. David, how are you, sir?
2: Hello, Natalie, I'm very well. How are you? Yeah,
1: I'm good, thank you. I'm feeling buoyed and I'm excited because I don't give a monkey's whether it's Calling Cup, well, it's not Calling Cup anymore, is it Carabao Cup or whether it's a lower league opponent, but we've got a win under our belt.
2: They all count.
1: They all count. And, God, Dave, that must have done them some good, mustn't it, from a performance perspective.
2: Yeah, it's confidence boost getting through to the next round. Got a, a good home draw against uh, Spurs in the next round. So that'll be a, a good game. We've got some good memories of, uh, of past matches against them in cup competitions not too, uh, not too long ago. So, yeah, it'll be a, a good night, hopefully.
1: I don't think I'd realised that um, we were... It, it, we really haven't played them in the cup at all since the the famous night at turf moor that's going to be some um retribution i guess isn't it we
2: played in the FA cup didn't we we had an was it a nil nil draw at at Burnley, and then we lost in the replay
1: i do not
2: we, went, that. we went head early on ashley Barnes scored, didn't he it, well, yes, um that
1: did. that's, that's a good start I'm not
2: 20 about. Who, 15 14
1: 15. oh interesting 2015
2: awesome. maybe that
1: has completely slipped my record so there you go Providing stats already, um, and of course put me on the spot. yeah, indeed, uh, we've got a brand new hero. We now actually have the official best player in the Premier League playing in a Clarence blue shirt. Aren't we lucky? Probably. Which one? Young Corny, obviously, <laughs> young Maxwell Corny. We were, we were talking. I was thinking about you actually um, uh, when we did the analysis show at the weekend. Uh, sorry, midweek, Dave, because um, Clarence Tom Tom Whittaker, put out a public service announcement for everybody to go and follow Maxwell Corners Instagram because it's just a thing of beauty and it's hilarious. Um, and I know you don't indulge, um, but seriously, if you felt like putting a stealth account and just, just for the sake of phoning him, it would be worth it. So I felt like I needed to pass that information. on. Um, well, we are here again, Dave, for another preview show. The Clarets are coming away from their road to Wembley in cup glory. Um, yes, I am going to keep peddling that agenda, listeners. Um, and we get back to the Premier League grind with a hope that we can get our premier league um campaign up and running for those of you who haven't um yet tuned into the analysis show you will know we came up with our grand unified plan to get premier league survival which adam dennett Nube, quite helpfully said we're going to win which was not that great a plan but you know they all count um but before we get into the preview show dave we've got some quiz questions to give some answers to don't we um now I think we just need to recap. It was the last preview show, which was the Arsenal preview show, and we set the following two questions for you. The easier of the two, and spoiler alert, guys, I didn't think either of these were easy, so I think this is a little bit of a trade description here. Um, The easier question was, can you name the last Burnley player to be sent off in a match against Arsenal at Turf Moor? Nope, Dave. No, I can't. And question two, the harder of the hard questions was, Prior to Burnley's Calling Cup win over Arsenal in 2008, which was featured in our memory match last week, can you name Burnley's goalscorers on the last occasion that Burnley beat Arsenal in a league match at Turf Moor? No, Dave. No, I can't. So why don't you put our listeners out of our misery and tell us what the answers were?
2: Yeah, well, the correct answers were uh, the Burnley player who was sent off in a home game against Arsenal. That was Kyle Lafferty. Uh, he was dismissed by referee Alan Wiley, that was in an FA Cup third round tie, uh, and that was at Turf Moor in January 2008, that was the answer to the so-called easier question, um, and meanwhile Burnley's goal scorers in our last home league win over Arsenal, unfortunately this wasn't one that uh, was surpassed with uh, last Saturday's game, I was hoping that we could beat them and then the question sort of becomes obsolete, but sadly it's still fully relevant. Um, those two players who scored uh, were uh, Ray Hankin and Colin Waldron. And we have to go all the way back to the 15th of December 1973 for that victory.
1: Indeed. Uh, do we get any correct answers then? Uh,
2: well, we had David Entwistle knew both answers to the harder question. So that was a big well done mm, for getting both of those. Uh, but he did Didn't know it was Kyle Lafferty with the red card. Um, Adrian Caton knew it was Kyle Lafferty and got Ray Hankin, uh, but missed out on Colin Waldron. Uh, Andrew Blythe also knew it was Kyle Lafferty for the first part, but didn't know the two goalscorers for part two. Um, And I think Jan Getsileski had been in touch again. He remembered the game going back to the 70s. He remembered the... uh, the Ray Hankin goal, couldn't remember the second goal scorer and didn't recall any players being sent off against Arsenal so uh, we didn't get a full set of anyone with a full set of answers uh, for the quiz, we stumped all of our listeners, well the ones that got in touch anyway.
1: I, I love how I love how you say we stumped them, like you're dragging me into this horrible <laughs> crusade to confuse our listeners, Dave, I have nothing to do with this, I couldn't name these anyway and I'm going to put, put it out there that I'm super impressed that anybody who got any of those names right well done. Um, well obviously well done to everybody who knows those answers, and please don't forget you can play along with yet another two-part quiz question later on in the episode. So please stay tuned.
2: Premier League head to head.
1: So we move on to the preview, the actual preview show section of this week's episode, and we are, of course, back on the road. It's Leicester City away, Saturday, the 25th of September, 3 pm kickoff, not televised live in the UK. What a joyous Saturday. 3pm kickoff that you can only see live, what a wonderful thing History section Dave, just kick us up there, why don't you start with giving us the rundown of our Premier League meetings
2: Yeah, well, this season we are providing you with the head-to-head record between the teams in the Premier League games, either at home or away, depending on the venue. Uh, But before I take you through our recent Premier League meetings in Leicester, uh, I'm going to rewind a little bit back to 2002. Uh, Leicester City's brand-new stadium at Filbert Way, that's close to their old ground at Filbert Street, uh, that was opened in readiness for the 2002-2003 season. Um, although it's now referred to as the King Power Stadium for sponsorship purposes, back then it was the Walker Stadium. Oh, of
1: course it was. I was trying to think. It that. was,
2: indeed. Uh, Burnley beat Leicester. on the Claret's first visit to the new ground, that was in October 2002, and remarkably we did not concede a goal in our first five visits to play there, that was between 2002 and 2007, all of those being uh, championship matches of course. Uh, That run consisted of four 1-0 wins and one 0-0 draw. Um, after a couple more draws and a defeat, uh, we then come to the back up to date to the Premier League meetings. Uh, Burnley are still awaiting an away win in those games uh, in six premier league matches there we've drawn two and lost four. The two draws were a two two that was in october twenty fourteen and then we also managed a goalless draw in november twenty eighteen our other four Premier League visits to Leicester have ended in defeat. That includes the corresponding fixture from last season. Uh, injuries to Ben Mee and James Tarkovsky meant we, meant we played with a central defensive partnership of Kevin Long and Jimmy Dunn. And it was the Hus who eventually won 4-2. That was despite Burnley taking the lead through Chris Wood. Uh, Jimmy Dunn was the scorer of Burnley's other goal.
1: Uh, yeah, I still have nightmares about that centre-half care no disrespect for the two of them, but I'm pretty glad we've got Tarky and Ben Me back in there as
2: well. Memory
1: match! Um, Memory match then, Dave. Which have you picked for this?
2: Well, as you say, we've decided to feature one memory match for each episode of this season's preview show and, as usual, we've selected a pass meeting between the two clubs at the same venue as the forthcoming match. Uh, with no Premier League away wins to highlight, we're going to select one of those wins from our Championship days, Uh, and it was a very special day for Burnley's caretaker manager. Uh, Another poor run of form culminated in a 1-0 home defeat against Hull City, and it proved to be the final match in charge for Burnley manager Steve Cottrell, who was relieved of his duties later that week. So for the weekend's trip to Leicester, Burnley were managerless. The board turned to Steve Davis, who at the time had only recently been elevated to the role of assistant manager and he took caretaker control for the game on the Saturday. Uh, back then, it was a regular tradition for the match ball to arrive by helicopter for the closest Leicester City home game to Remembrance Sunday. The Royal Navy helicopter landed on the pitch just before kick-off, and Navy captain Martin Westwood handed the ball to referee Clyde Penton. This was certainly an unusual spectacle. And the tradition continued for many years, but after the fatal post-match helicopter crash involving Leicester City chairman and owner Kunvi Chai in October 2018, unsurprisingly, this tradition no longer takes place. Uh, There were 790 Burnley fans there to see Burnley's win back in 2007, uh, which came thanks to a 23rd minute goal from Andy Gray, uh, with Wade Elliott providing the assist. By the time Burnley played again, which was two weeks later at home to Stoke City, Owen Coyle had been appointed and so this was Steve Davis's only match in caretaker charge of Burnley and he maintains a perfect 100% win record in that capacity.
1: Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. I'm still very sad. I feel still feel very sad for the Leicester fans what happened to their, their chairman. It was just such a horrible, horrible tragedy and it's uh, yeah, very, very sad. On this day! um, Finally then, uh, well, not actually finally, but carrying on, sorry, in our history section, we're looking at what happened on this day. Um, take it away, Dave, this is going to be exciting.
2: Yes, we're looking at matches played on the 25th of September in years past, and Burnley have played 21 times on that date, and they those matches go all the way back to 1897. Uh, things were looking good at the start. Burnley won all six of the, the matches played on this date, and they were all prior to World War II. Uh, Then, following away defeats at Chelsea and Arsenal in 1948 and 1954, respectively, we picked up two further victories, with a 2-0 home win over West Brom in 1965. That took us to the top of the First Division table. And then a 1-0 away win at Workington in the third round of the League Cup in 1968. Uh, Since then, Burnley have played a further 11 times on the 25th of September. And we haven't won a single one. Uh, between 1971 and 2018, we've managed six defeats and five draws. Uh, two of those draws might have been turned into wins had we converted our penalties. Both were in games at Turf Moor. Uh, Paul Cook had a spot kick saved in a 3-3 draw against Crewe in 2001. And the unthinkable happened when Graham Alexander missed from the spot. Uh, that was no. in a nil-nil draw with... Bristol City in 2010 yeah can you imagine that no
1: definitely
2: not <laughs> uh, the most recent time we played on this date was an away game at Burton Albion that was another third round league cup tie in 2018 uh, Kevin Long scored a first half goal to give us a 1-0 lead at the break but we were knocked out after conceding second half goals to Liam Boyce and Jamie Allen uh, so although Burnley's overall record on 25th of September looks okay and that's played 21 won eight drawn five and lost eight it's no win in 11 in a barren spell stretching back over 50 years so we'll be hoping to put an end to that this saturday
1: yeah definitely that would uh, that would be very welcome uh, problem is is i think we're, we're make, facing another team who also need uh, the points badly so this is not going to be good Club connection. well one of our other new features this particular season is the preview show's club connection in which we take a look at the players who have spent time at both clubs after a couple of weeks of Dave going rogue we are trying to rein him in listeners but it's very very difficult um, and doing his own thing we've gone back to running a poll to decide which player we should feature so perhaps you can let us know who we're going to be focusing on this week Dave
2: Yeah, well, over 20 players have represented both Burnley and Leicester City since World War II. Um, As well as current Burnley players Ben Mee and Chris Wood, there are some very notable names in the list. Uh, But we proposed three of those players, what we thought were perhaps the highest profile ones in a Twitter poll. Uh, They were Andy Lockhead, Frank Sinclair and Adi Akimbaei. And with almost 60% of the vote, he got 58.9%. Adi Akinbayi were the player we focus on this week. Um, Adi Akinbayi started his career as a trainee at Norwich City and also had brief loan spells at Hereford and Brighton before continuing his career with Gillingham, Bristol City and then Wolves. In 2000, he joined Leicester City to replace Emil Heskey with just 13 goals in 67 appearances in all competitions, he didn't really win the fans over at Leicester. Uh, he moved on again, and after spells with Crystal Palace and Stoke City, he eventually arrived at Turf Moor in February 2005. Um, his Burnley debut, I think it's fair to say, was a memorable one, but for the wrong reasons. Um, he came on as a second-half substitute in a home game against Sunderland but an altercation involving George McCartney, followed by a headbutt after just two minutes left the referee with no choice, although he may never know what was said in provocation. Uh, things did get better, though, and Adi Akin-Bai repaid Steve Cottrell's faith in him, with 18 goals in 43 games, including a hat-trick in a crazy game at Luton Town in November 2005. Burnley goalkeeper Brian Jensen was sent off just before half-time, and midfielder John Spicer took the gloves for the remainder of the match, but Ades' three goals were enough to seal a 3 2 away win for the Clarets. His goals for Burnley gained attention elsewhere, and he was prized away by Sheffield United. That was in January of 2006. Uh, despite helping them to gain promotion to the Premier League, he was never given the chance to establish himself again in the top flight, and in January 2007, he returned to Turf Moor. After scoring 10 more goals for Burnley in 70 appearances, he joined Houston Dynamo, that was in March 2009, shortly before Burnley's first ascent to the Premier League via the playoffs. He wasn't always appreciated everywhere he went, but Adi remains remained somewhat of a cult hero among Burnley fans.
1: Definitely a player who I am very, very fond of. Scouting
2: report!
1: Well, we've brought you everything that you need to know about the history of this fixture, But let's get back up to date with more stats from the present, starting with our scouting report.
2: Yeah, Brendan Rodgers left Celtic to take charge of Leicester City in February uh, 2019. Uh, That was following the sacking of Claude Puel. Uh, The Foxes finished ninth that season, but they've had a very creditable uh, finish in the last two. They've had back-to-back fifth-place finishes in the last two seasons. And so, that, so they've qualified to play in the Europa League last season and again for the current campaign. Um, in the most recent transfer window, Leicester secured the free transfer of Ryan Bertrand from Southampton and a loan deal for Adimola Luckman, another player who was linked with Burnley at uh, at one point. Um, but they also spent, uh, in the region of £60 million, on three other players. Uh, 22-year-old Zambian striker Patson Dacca arrived from RB Salzburg 22-year-old French midfielder Boubacarie Samare was signed from Lille, and they also managed to acquire 29-year-old Danish central defender Yannick Vestergaard from Southampton. Uh, Despite playing a back three for most of the second half of last season, uh, they appear to have been setting up with a back four so far this campaign, apart from their recent midweek match in the EFL Cup. Uh, In their last Premier League match, that was against Brighton, who played 4-4-2, they had Kasper Schmeichel in goal, with a back four consisting of Soyuncu and Vestergaard, with Pereira and Bertrand taking the full-back positions. The midfield three were Wilford and Didi, flanked by Yuri Tillemans and Babakari Samare, and a front three of James Madison and Harvey Barnes in wider roles, and Jamie Vardy leading the line. Although the Seagulls won 2-1, perhaps it might be a case of as you were for City this Saturday. Uh, There have now been enough games this season for us to look at the top performing players for the current campaign, rather than looking back at last season. Once again, Jamie Vardy is a vital player for the Foxes, having already scored three league goals and provided one assist. Uh, Not surprisingly, he is also the highest scoring Leicester player in terms of the FPL points so far this season. Other top performers include Kasper Schmeichel, Yuri Tillemans, Ricardo Pereira, and Burnley born Harvey Barnes. Uh, Leicester City currently have a couple of players out injured, and they are James Justin and Wesley Fafana, who are both long-term absentees, and they won't be involved for a while yet. So it looks like that um the players they've got available, they've they've got a reasonable squad playing champion uh, playing um, European matches as well this season. Maybe mixing things around a little bit But I think um, might not be looking too much further Than the 11 who played against Brighton That might be the uh, the players we face on Saturday
1: Excellent, now I'm really, really, really scared um, Obviously we've told you what we think about Leicester City But we also want to get in touch with an away fan for you Because we want to give you a bit of a balanced view here on the preview show So we've been in touch with Jamie from the Fox's Arms To give us his thoughts in our Opposition View
3: Opposition View Hello there, Jamie here from Leicester Fan TV. Also, Jamie from the Foxy's Arms in Port of Alcudia. If you're ever in Alcudia, please come and see us. Much appreciated. Enough about the holiday talk, let's talk about football. We've made a pretty decent fist of it this year in this summer's transfer window, which is very unusual for us. We've signed Patson Dakar from RB Salzburg, scored 60 goals in two seasons in the Austrian League. Uh, I don't think, I think he'll take time to bed in, but he's got a good left foot, good right foot and knows where the back of the head is. Uh, Sumer from Lille, uh, who actually beat PSG. They beat PSG to their league title in France. He's a box-to-box midfielder, which is totally different from Tillemans and Wilf. We've got Vestergaard from Southampton. We needed another centre-half to cover, but then little Wes uh, got injured, uh, Wes Farner got injured, sorry. So I think we were one short of a centre-half. Maybe we need another centre-half. A bit late now. We'll just have to go with what we've got. We've got Ryan Bertrand as a left-back. Full of experience. Absolutely loads of experience. Over 250 Premier League games. He'll give give, uh, Luke Thomas a good schooling and teach him more about being a left-back. we also got Luckman from uh, RB, uh, not Salzburg, RB Lightsburg. He's been at Everton. He's been at Charlton. Decent left-footer. Decent winger can play in the Premiership like he showed for Fulham was one of their top men even though they got relegated. So I think our transfer window has been pretty damn good this year. Uh, Where do I think Leicester are going to finish? I don't think we'll be challenging for the top four this year. The likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, Man City, they've all strengthened and strengthened big time. So I think the top four will be a bit too much of a push this year. I think we'll be going for another trophy, another cup trophy. We're in three trophies, the League Cup, Europa League and FA Cup. It'd be great to win the FA Cup again, and also we've got the Community Shield in our bank already. So I'm going for a mid to tenth to sixth position, maybe pushing for York, but I'd love to see another trophy win. As for the game on Saturday, I think we won't be going for the back three with two with two wing backs, so we can play top top because we haven't got the defenders for that. So I think you'll find it be a back four with Suryanku and Vestergaard with either Castagna or Pereira as the right full-back and Bertrands as the left full-back. Tillemans and Wilf in the middle of midfield. You'll have Luckman and Barnes uh, on the two wings because Perez has got one more game left of his suspension after he's sending off against West Ham. Uh, And then I think you'll have, of course, you'll have Vardy up top. And I'd love to see Nacho just behind um, Vardy, but I don't think that'll happen. I think that'll play Madison, but Madison could do with dropping because he's not been playing that well. As for the score, because we're at home, I'm going for a 3-0 home win. Cheers for watching. Thanks a lot. Come on, you Foxes.
1: OK, quick word back on the game, um, Dave, before we have a quick think about how we think the game's going to go. And that is looking at our referee, please. Who's the man in the middle?
2: Yeah, well, Chris Cavanaugh, he's been appointed to take charge of uh, the match at Leicester City uh, on Saturday. Uh, The first time we saw him in the middle for a Burnley match was for our 3-1 away win. That was at Brentford in the 2015-2016 promotion season. Uh, Since then, he's taken charge of another 11 of our games, all of which were in the Premier League. Uh, Overall, we've won four lost four and drawn four out of those 12 matches in all divisions. Uh, There has been just one red card shown in those games, and that was for Everton's Ashley Williams in a match which took place at Turf Moor in March 2018. Uh, Despite the continuation of a puzzling media witch hunt, which was particularly apparent in the tabloids again prior to our match last weekend, the fact remains that Burnley have now extended their record to 98 consecutive Premier League matches without a red card. Uh, John Moss will be the video assistant referee for this weekend's game.
1: Good stuff.
2: Stat Man Dave's Stat of the Week.
1: Um, Well, I don't think we want to leave it there, Dave, do we? Because I know you like to treat our listeners. Uh, So why don't you delve deep into those pockets and let our listeners have our miscellaneous Stat of the Week.
2: Yeah, for this week's stat, we're going to look at some goal-scoring exploits in recognition of a very special performance in the Carabao Cup in midfield. Jay Rodriguez scored four goals in a match for the second time in his Burnley career. Just over 10 years ago, in August 2011, Jay scored four in a 6-3 win against Burton Albion in the same competition. Although that included two penalties and the game also went to extra time when the score was 3-3 after 90 minutes. Uh, These are his only two hat-tricks for the club. There have now been 172 hat-tricks scored by 86 different Burnley players – but only four since Sean Dyche took over as manager. Andre Gray did it twice, and of course Chris Wood netted a first-half hat-trick at Wolves last season. Uh, back to Jay, though, and he's now scored 59 goals across both of his spells at the club, and he's up to 32nd in our all-time list of top goal scorers. He's just overtaken David Ayres and Steve Kindon. Uh, can Sean Dyche possibly contemplate leaving out a player who scored more goals in 90 minutes on Tuesday than we scored in all five of our Premier League games combined so far this season? We'll find out. Uh, looking ahead, there's yet another milestone coming up for Sean Dyche, but that will have to wait until our next preview show as it relates to the match against Norwich City.
1: Good stuff. Um, OK, well, we've, before we get into an in-depth analysis of what we think is going to happen on Saturday, Dave. I'm going to pose to you the same question that I asked the team in the analysis show. Um, What's your strategy up front? Who do you play as your striker? And don't talk about Um, the subject, make a decision, because I know you, you'll sit on the fence.
2: (laughs) I'd be tempted. I think just from a confidence point of view, I know the, the arguments are, well, yeah, it's only Rochdale we're playing, it's only a cup competition. But if you've got a player who's scored four goals in a game, and it wasn't like... They were big chances. You look at the opportunities he got, they were making something out of nothing. We, the, the biggest chance in the game didn't fall to Jay Rodriguez. They fell to Maxwell Corney. He had the ones on, one-on-ones and could easily have scored a hat-trick himself. Jay was making goals from chances like you would get in a Premier League game. Nothing would get the other chances in a, a Premier League game. We wouldn't have the same amount of space. So I would be tempted to um, to drop Ashley Barnes and play Jay up front with uh, with Chris Wood.
1: Yeah, I think I think everybody's very much of the opinion now that it's time to to um, drop Ashley Barnes. It feels very sad that we we feel like we've come to a natural end of that one. But of course, players don't don't tend to last forever. But I think I think he's still got a part to play in the season as maybe an impact sub or as cover. But um, he absolutely should not be be starting any games. I'm, I'm quite clear on that now. And I want to see us evolve past that. Um, it felt the Arsenal game felt pretty poor, Dave, in that we were obviously. Very, very disappointed going in at half time, but to me the second half of the Arsenal game and the performance against Rochdale, it feels like we're back. It feels like that slow start's going to be over, and I fully, I'm, I'm i kind of feel like we're going to get a, re- a result on Saturday. I'm, I'm confident. I,
2: I wasn't as disappointed with the first half as I think you were. I think that there was, other than the goal, a very well taken free kick. There was very little between the two teams. Yes, we didn't create a lot, but we'd kind of kept things other than the free kick very tight and that gives us a platform to build on I think if we had not conceded the goal that would have uh, changed things a little bit as well but um, we've gone ahead in games we've not won we've gone behind in games and not been able to turn things around we did have chances on Saturday but we didn't really create many big chances we had lots of shots inside the box but they were low quality chances so we need to it's gonna be difficult to do that at Leicester, it's gonna be a tough away game. Um but you look at the likes of Maxwell Corney, what he did when he came on, also what he did in midweek, he's a player who's liable to be able to change games. It can create chances, um, it gives us things different, gives another attacking option. So again, it it may well be very difficult for uh, for Sean Dych to leave him after starting eleven on uh, Saturday as well.
1: Yeah, um, I I just think we get to the point, I just think we're a better side, Dave, even when we're struggling. I just think we're a better side than one that just loses all of the games that they're expected to lose. It's like every single season we pull out results against sides we're not supposed to and it feels to me like we can do well this weekend. I don't know what it is. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I, I agree with you. I think he has to play Jay from a confidence perspective. Um, it's a worry really because I think, I think my preferred first two trackers are Woody and Vidra up front. I just think the team looks better when we play with Vidra in it. Um. So I, I wonder whether, I you know, but you've got an easy outlet there to say to to, to Vidra, say, look, you know, we are going to play you, you are our preferred starter, but I want to capitalise on Jay's four goals on, on Tuesday and see if we can turn that league form around. So just bear with me and I'll bring you on on 60 minutes or whatever it is and then they can just join it in between them. Um, do we think we've got a right to feel very deflated, Dave, if he just plays Barnes and Woods up front to start off with?
2: Because I would be. uh, I think the, I think there might be astonishment if that, that's yeah. what happens, to, to be honest, personally.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um have we gotten any injury updates ahead of the game? Who are we expecting to play?
2: Uh yeah, I think in, in terms of our injuries, I think it's what we what we thought. Um we know that Dale Stevens is 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 out, has been out for a while. Uh, Kevin Long and Connor Roberts are kind of coming back. Um they've played some games for the under twenty threes, but I don't think either of them's gonna be um in contention. Uh, Josh Brownhill, according to Sean Dyke, his press conference today, is back on the grass. But being back on the grass isn't necessarily a case of, yeah, he's going to be uh, straight back into the team, is it? So um, I think it might be more likely that we see uh, Jack Cork start on uh, on Saturday. That might be one uh, enforced change from uh, from the game against Arsenal. Um, so we might possibly see, see three changes. It might well be uh, Jay, uh, Corney and Cork all coming into the team for, uh, for Saturday's match.
1: Gosh, can you imagine? Oh, we really would be we really would be uh, in dreamland if we actually started to, to make tactical changes and play to our strength that would be amazing um, well let us know what you think listeners we want you to tweet us at none and ever or you can email us at previewshow at none and ever.net and let us know what you think the game is going to be we want goal prediction please we want goal scorers and we want to know how the goals are going to be scored fantasy premier league update Okay, Dave. Fantasy Premier League. We are, should now be completely done with game week five, and we are obviously going to update our listeners on how the race for the twenty one twenty two known and ever Fantasy Premier League is going. Um, take it away. What are who are our movers and shakers, as we like to call them?
2: Uh, I, I was just think I've done very well to to avoid uh, giving you a score prediction for uh, for Saturday. Uh... <laughs>
1: Okay. How did I miss that on the script? Listen-
2: it wasn't in the script.
1: Listeners, I spend all of <laughs> my time shouting at Dave for going rogue, and then I just completely did it myself. Fine. What's your prediction?
2: <laughs> um, I'm going to go for a draw. Of
1: course you are, which means you think we're going get Maybe subliminally, I knew that's what you were going to say, so I just didn't bother asking you because I have to scold you every week for, for sitting on the fence. David, fantasy Premier
2: League. 1-1 one, 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 one draw Chris Wood to score.
1: Excellent. Well, With a header. We'll, we'll take that one. Give us some Premier League news, FPL news.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, after five game weeks, we can bring you news of the ups and downs at the top of the No Name Never League table. At 17 points, separate the current top five. Uh, we've got in fifth place, uh, down to fifth place, on 390 points, is Andrew Smith, We've got uh, in fourth place, up to fourth on 391, is Jaden Fitton. Uh, Jack Toner is up to third on 395. And then we've got non-movers for our top two. Deck Clark is on 398 in second place. And our leader, still at the top, is Joe Elliott on 407 points.
1: Good stuff. Um... Where are we?
2: Do you want to know how our uh, previous winners have done, yeah. how they're doing? I
1: was just going to say that, actually. I'm just trying to think here. We've got quite a bit of information to dissect this week. I'm just trying to think what we should give them. Yeah, let's do it. Let, let's talk about previous winners. That might be quite a nice look, update.
2: Yeah, well, Adam Dennett, Ooh. our uh, very own Adam, he was in the top five, but he's slipped out now. He's gone down to 12th place, but he is beating last season's champion, Sean Danaher. Uh, he's currently in 80th place. Um, But another former league winner, Bennett Howarth, who won the previous season, 2019-20, he had a good week and climbed to 10th place. So um, Adam and also uh, Bennett, They're both up there, could be challenging for the top five in a future week. Uh, Andy Greenwood uh, currently leads the way as the highest scoring manager for the month of September. But with two more game weeks left this month, there's still everything to play for as everyone battles to become September manager of the month and to win a shiny No Never sticker.
1: What can I say? They're they are they're going to be on every child's Christmas list. We're going to be featuring one of those programmes saying that it was the toy of, of Christmas 2021. Um, although that said, listeners, I, me and Dave did a little bit of a stock take pre the previous show, and we've only got seven of the current batch left. Um, so we've got enough to award six more. Well, assuming that our August manager, the month, finally gets in touch and tells us what his address is. We've got enough to win to to give out six more. So... Leave it with me. I'm going, to, I'm going to order some shiny new stickers. It's going to be a different shape and a different, I don't know, sticker. Um, so, you know, that's an incentive if I ever saw one for our managers to try and, and do well for a, a month. You can get your hands on not just a Non & Ever sticker, but a shiny new one. I might even send you one, Dave. You never know. I'm definitely not sending one to Adam Dennett, though, because he gives rubbish FPL advice. Um, How's the… Speak,
2: speak of the devil. Yeah,
1: speak of the devil. How's the, the Non & Ever team doing?
2: Uh, well, Adam Dennett does lead the way in our separate podcasters' mini-league, oh. um, although I did close the gap slightly last week by three points. Uh, your team, Natalie, remains in fifth and last place in the podcasters' mini-league, but is up 13 places to 216th in the main No, ever nah, Never Leagues. That's out of 325, so... Roughly two thirds. That's a big improvement on last season. It really
1: is, and do you know what? I, I'm kind of chuffed with that because I am starting to learn each season and remember to try and do things. Even before our recording last week, Dave even sat with me while I did some of them free transfer hits, which I keep forgetting that you can do every week. And one of the things um, I think last season and the season before, I was always in the bottom five or the bottom three, wasn't I? So to get, I'm I'm chuffed with that. I'm really chuffed with that. Um Team of the week then.
2: Uh, Yeah, Team of the Week, Uh, these 11 players would have earned you a very impressive 136 points, even without the extra points you would have picked up for whoever you chose as your captain or any bonus chips you may have played. Uh, They were in a 5-3-2 formation, so defenders getting the points uh, last week. We had, in goal, uh, David De Gea. We had a back five of cash, Tiago Silva, Rudiger, Van Dijk and Alonso. Uh, midfield three were Saar, Salah and Odegaard, obviously scoring that free kick against Burnley. And a front two, uh, Tony, Ivan Tony of uh, Brentford and uh, King from Watford. So they were the front two. Perhaps two you wouldn't have expected up front, but they were the two high scoring forwards from, uh, from last week.
1: Excellent. Good stuff. Um... Well, we're going to have you another FPL update next week, which will be the end of game week six. Um, So in the meantime, managers, play well, select well, use those magic little beans that you get given that I never know how to deal with. And uh, we will see where we get to next week with our next update. Statman Dave's quiz question. And finally, Dave, before we leave, we have a new quiz question that we want to give out. So what... Nugget, have you
2: set our listeners now? Uh, Well, yes, we've got two questions, an easier one and a harder one. It's Well, they're kind of related. So the first part, the easier one, um, is which player scored Burnley's first ever goal at Leicester's current stadium following the move from their old Filbert Street ground in 2002? So we have mentioned the run we had from 2002 to 2007. We want the name of the Burnley player who scored the first goal at... What is now the King Power Stadium? Obviously, then it was the uh, the Walker Stadium. And the second bit of the question uh, is, apart from the answer to question one, uh, and also Andy Gray, who scored the winning goals for Burnley in away games at Leicester in 2006 and 2007, which other player has scored a winning goal for the Clarets at Leicester's current stadium?
1: Ooh, they are tricky ones again, Dave. I thought you were trying to I think they're interchangeable.
2: Ones. It could, could well be the second half is easier than the first I, one. Know, I, I think
1: know. it can. When I was looking at this, when you gave out the easy one, I was like, I don't know that. And then you give the hard one, I thought, oh, I can probably make a guess at this. So you might have got these the wrong way around. We shall see what our listeners think of that question. So why don't you tell them how they submit their answers, please?
2: Yeah, you can get in touch with us. You can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. Doing it that way means that no one sees your answer. That's at no, nay, Never on Twitter. You can email us at the dedicated Preview Show email address, which is Preview Show or one word, at no, nay, never.net, Or you can also reply to the post for this Preview Show on either the no, nay, Never Facebook page or on YouTube, and we will reveal the correct answers at the start of our next Preview Show.
1: Good stuff. I'm going to have a think about those as well, and I shall submit my answers in the usual manner, um, which is by telling Dave after we finish finished recording. Um, any other business then, Dave? Do we have any fixture changes? Do we have any community news? What do we need to, to give as public service announcements?
2: Uh, well, the only thing in terms of fixtures, we now know we've got a game against Spurs. We don't know when that is exactly. We know it's the week commencing the 25th, so it's probably going to be on either the Tuesday the 26th or Wednesday the 27th, that's a uh, half-term week for anyone that's got... Uh, well, for most people, I think. Um, that's between the away game at Southampton and the home game against Brentford. So it's another game to look forward to and an opportunity to get to uh, to the last eight. That would be uh, a real achievement if we could uh, do that. Uh, but no, nothing else from me other than that uh, extra fixture that we've got to squeeze in.
1: Excellent. Um, I think the only other thing that I wanted to have a quick plug on is... Um, just a quick reminder: we've not caught up with them yet this season, and I think um, they kind of they've, they've gone big time now with them being integrated in the club. So definitely don't need our support anymore. But a uh, quick reminder that uh, Burnley Women's team are doing very well, uh, currently sitting in seventh in the league. They have got themselves six points after uh, five games, uh, slap bang in the middle, looking to have a really solid season. Um, their next home fixture. Um, is down at Accrington and that is on Sunday the 3rd of October at a 2 pm kickoff. So, um, if any of you feel like you're free that weekend and you want to go and turn up and give our girls some support, I know that they will be uh, very grateful of that support. So, that was the only thing I wanted to say is that we just want to be keeping an eye on the, the Burnley ladies this season. And you know, I know that they've gone professional now and they've come within the clubs. Um, own brand we're well not branding they come within the club directly and i'm um, i'm really keen for them to, to progress so let's see how they go um that's it that is all we have time for another preview show done and dusted dave doesn't time fly um my thanks as everyone thanks as ever to everyone who contributed to making this preview show to jamie from the fox's arms for his opposition view to turfmore stadium announcer dominic walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements to producer Matt who hopefully will have a much easier time producing this episode that he did the analysis show on Tuesday, which was a little bit of a mess. Um, and that last, obviously my colleague, Dave Roberts, who is just a phenomenal statistician and puts a phenomenal amount of work in producing all of the data and content for this particular show. So Dave, thank you once again. It really is a fantastic product and we're very lucky to have you. Um, last but not least, you, the listener, for taking the time to download and listen to this podcast. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, the team will be back on Tuesday, hopefully analysing um, three points on the board away at Leicester. And Dave and I will be back next Friday with the preview show to look at what's looking like a critical home tie against Norwich City. Take care in the meantime and we will be back soon. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Non and Never podcast.